Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to Chasing Tales, everybody. As we sit right now, hunting season is on the brink. Depending on where you're at, we could be within a matter of weeks or days of deer season. South Florida's already kicked off, and we are here to talk whitetails today. My name is Walt, and I am joined by my co-host, Chase. And uh, today, we've got a fun episode that uh, we haven't done something like this before. It's a little creative, and it stems from the fact that deer season is right around the corner. And one of the popular topics, you kind of get this itch late late summer to really get out there. You start thinking about non-resident hunting. And today, we're here to tell you, not only is it not too late to plan an out-of-state hunt, we're going to outline some of the places we think you could go, drop everything this November, and go hunt whitetails. Yeah, yep, that's, that's the plan, is to maybe motivate somebody to start thinking about who's been thinking about going out of state that you can still do that this season why wait exactly. another year you might as well go ahead and get started and, and i think that it's easy to fall into this trap of i need to start putting in for iowa when you forgot to put in for Iowa. i should have put in for kansas and you forgot to put in for kansas those are obviously big buck meccas. I'm not not dogging on those at all. However, much like I'm a, a firm believer that you need to shoot a bunch of deer before you start trying to hunt trophy deer, I think you probably could benefit from traveling out of state, regardless if it's to a trophy destination, and getting used to the grind of public land on a five-day hunt out of state. And these are going to be some of the states that I think you can kind of cut your teeth on, refine your system, and and you know build that confidence you need so that in three to four years when you do draw that, draw that Iowa tag, you know exactly what to do. You got a regimen down. All the fu- the friction and the frustration is out of your system, and you're ready to go. And Chase, I think we've identified several really fantastic options. Some of which are involved, and others are like ridiculously easy to do. Yeah, we've uh, we set out kind of on a mission to try to find some states that would not necessarily be such a uh, 
burden on the pocketbook, uh, pro- proximity, uh, s- size of deer. Um, we looked at a bunch of different factors to be, and that you could get over the counter tags. So we looked at a lot of different variables uh, to try to figure out. And we know people that go out of state every year and they're successful in the states that we're going to talk about. So I think that even makes it uh, even more appealing to know that people have already gone out there and been successful in, in these places. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of frame this discussion for everybody, um, how we went about creating this dialogue, how we ended up picking these states. The number one thing that you kind of touched on that was important to you is the fact that you can drop anything and everything that's going on this this hunting season and get out there. So we're only going to be talking about places that you can hunt guaranteed so places like iowa where chase you were talking about how it's like a it's a leftover situation no iowa is a draw only and what it i meant to say illinois sorry illinois yeah illinois is you have to you apply for tags and then if you don't get your tag or whatever if you want to hunt there you have to look and see if there's available tags left over for that area so there's okay. still a possibility you could hunt there, um, but it's super, ex- well, it's one of the pricier states to hunt t- to begin mm-hmm. with. And there's a chance that the public that you're looking at, you may not be able to go there because there's no tags left for that zone. Right, right. So we're going to we're gonna hit some areas. There are a lot of states that could have probably made this conversation. This, this is just our opinion. Um as far as I know, neither Chase nor I have hunted these three states. Is that correct? Uh, I've hunted Alabama. You have hunted Alabama. Okay. Yes. All right. Good deal. Um, but more or less, these are areas that if Chase and I had to drop everything this year and we wanted to bring you an awesome video reel, we would go to probably one of these states, um, I, I would think. And so we, we've got our top three picked, and each one of them provides certain benefits to your hunting season. They all have different pros and cons, and we're going to kind of go down these as we go. Um, but another important part to this dialogue is when you hear me talk about travel time, I put in travel time based on Tallahassee, which is where I'm based. So if you're in northern Alabama, northern Georgia, or you're closer to some of these states, obviously no that you know it's even going to be more centrally centrally located for you but my point in this was there's a lot of guys in the very very deep south who dream about going somewhere where there's seasons where there's cool weather you know snort wheezes are a real thing that occur for people (laughs) and uh you know so that's kind of where we're going on this so i'm not gonna you know tell you it's nine hours from tallahassee moving forward just know that that's the distance for me and you know it may vary for you as well So let's kick this off with our first one. This is probably one of the most dynamic states from a season list, and that is Kentucky. Uh, Chase, one of the reasons why you mentioned Kentucky was kind of an outside-the-box component to this, which is the early season hunts. Why don't you kind of talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, well, one of the cool things about Kentucky, which I was talking to you about, is you can almost make two trips out there if you possibly could because they have an early season uh, right out the gate velvet hunt that you could go on which is awesome and then if you went on your velvet hunt and didn't tag out uh, you could always go back during the rut so I thought it was cool that you could knock out a velvet hunt if that's one of your bucket list items 
it's I know it's on mine. Uh, I've never right. killed uh, a velvet deer. Uh, I may be in the works next year uh, to go try to hunt Kentucky early season um, to knock that out. So I thought it was just real cool that you could do both of those. And I know that the tag isn't like it's not super cheap, but it's not really that expensive. I think it's three hundred dollars to hunt the state of Kentucky. Um, and I believe you get a buck tag and a doe tag with the $300 there. So that, that was what I thought was cool about Kentucky and Kentucky's kind of centrally located. If you think about it, it's not really too far. I mean, for even us in Florida, it's eight hour drive, seven, eight hour drive for Florida. But if you live in a bunch of these other Southern states, you're looking at maybe five hours, four hours from a lot of areas. And mm-hmm. Kentucky has been knocking down some hammers uh, for a while now uh, of big bucks. So you, you got a good chance of getting a real quality deer in the state of Kentucky as well. Yeah, yeah. At, at, from one of the reports that I saw, uh, one of the criteria we're looking at is obviously we want to be telling you about places to go out of state that give you opportunities you may not get in your home state. And so when you think about opportunities, you think bigger deer. And Kentucky, on one report that I saw, I don't know how recent it was, but Kentucky was third on the list for Boone and Crockett whitetail entries. So it's not like you're going to a state that doesn't have its fair share of big deer. Um, An abundant amount of of agriculture and rich soil, so, you know, all their food sources are higher. But, dude, one of the things that attracts me more than anything is, you know, you see Parker McDonald, you see Catman, all these guys, when they go to Kentucky, they water access, and any chance that you, that I can get to put a little bit of distance between me and somebody else, if I'm going out of state, that water access means it's harder for other people. And to me, that just creates opportunities. Yeah, yeah. If, if you can look at that state and figure out those areas uh, where you might have a little bit of an advantage or edge, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that is just a bonus <laughs> for somebody that already utilizes those tactics and can find an area in those states to do the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Kentucky's kind of centrally located. Um, it's got an early season velvet hunt, so you can kind of get two hunts out of this place. But then you also have like your your really traditional November rut that I think uh, will interest a lot of people because, you know, that's kind of when you think about November, when you think about that first and second week, you kind of really start jonesing about things. Kentucky gives you both that uh, perfect Midwest hunt that you're kind of looking for, but if you're looking to add something to your season, and if you've already got that November rut where you're hunting, you can obviously do that early season hunt and kick your season off even sooner at a unique opportunity. So Kentucky um, is the first on the list. I'm not saying first as in like our number one, but it's you know in our top three. Right, um, and ch- let's let's not forget that Kentucky has a gun season that's right around the rut. Great point. So if you're not a bow hunter and you're listening to this, if you want to get up for some rut action with a gun in another state, then uh, Kentucky's one of those states where um, I believe their rut is right around the same time as their uh, general gun season up there. Excellent point. Excellent point, because a lot, not a whole lot of states are like that, um, yeah. for, at, least, at least in your Midwest areas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very few of the Midwest states yeah. have a gun season that like coincide with the rut. Right. And, Kentucky is one of those states for sure any other thoughts for Kentucky or you're good to move on um no I like I said I just think it's a it's a cool state it's central like we mentioned it's centrally located uh the price tag isn't horrible it's 300 bucks to go there right. and right. if 
you want a if you want a velvet buck, that maybe your chance to not knock that off the old uh, bucket list is to go up there and get started earlier than most of the country uh, pursuing whitetails. Absolutely, absolutely. So our number two on this list is going to be for the guy who lives in the South, and he's like, dude, I'm tired of watching the hunting public go out here and hunt these big open fields and these these beautiful ag fields. I, I want to experience the Midwest. Well, you know, we all know Ohio gets hammered. It just, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of good deer in Ohio, obviously. But of all the Midwest states that get a lot of attention, um, Ohio's obviously up there. It didn't make our list, but kind of a, maybe, I wouldn't call it a sleeper of the Midwest, but I think it's like the unheralded uh, superstar of the Midwest is Indiana. Um, Indiana made my list largely because I spoke to Byron Horton and Dave Ebright a lot about Indiana. Um, they, they reference that it's, it's pretty cheap. It's about 250 bucks for an out, for a non-resident tag, which on the, the scale of expensive is still, you know, that's easy to swallow. Um, they have a large amount of agriculture and a whole bunch of big bucks. The downside to Indiana, if you want to call this as a downside is it doesn't quite have the abundant public land that a lot of your other Midwest States have. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not one of the it's not a state that just is loaded with public land for sure but right uh, i don't necessarily know that their public land gets hammered as much as some of the other states from people coming out of state to hunt them <laughs> right right well and, and that's that's also a huge component of this as well uh byron was was talking about uh the different population per square miles just kind of looking at it from an analytical standpoint he and i are both accountants and we kind of like to dig into numbers indiana had one of the lowest popula uh per square mile per person ratio out of all the midwest i think the only one that was close i think was illinois I think was pretty close to that, but you had to like back out Chicago or something like that to, right. you know, get, you know, there's some, some disproportionate components to that. And he's probably going to cringe when he hears me butcher his statistics. But, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the reasons why he's willing to drive out of Ohio into Indiana is because he was able to get away from people. Yeah. I mean, Ohio is, like you said, it's one of those really high populated states of people and it's, and a lot of people from uh, Pennsylvania come into Ohio as well <laughs> to hunt. So you got to deal with that. So Indiana's Preston a little Mullins. bit, yeah, uh, Indiana's a little bit further from there. So I don't think it gets as much attention because the, it's a little bit further drive for guys to get there. Um, so it doesn't get as much. And we had, um, we've done a podcast about Indiana. Um, so you can go back and look at or listen to that podcast. Um, sounds like they don't necessarily have the deer numbers that an Ohio would have. Um, but it also, but it sounds like they have the quality that an Ohio would have as far as, uh, the maturity of the bucks and antler size. And you, you may not necessarily be going to kill uh, a booner in, uh, Indiana, but if you're from Florida, I mean, there's a ton of guys that haven't ever killed a hundred inch buck in the state of Florida. So <laughs> out in Indiana, I mean, you're talking about your, uh, I mean, I've seen pictures of one and a half year olds that are 120, 130 out there, not saying that's the norm, but they, from what I understand that they've got a lot of three year old deer that are all that 140, 150 inch class range out there. And I think you would have a real good shot of killing a something bigger than you've ever killed before, especially if you hunt 
a state like Florida. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, now I think Indiana comes in at the longest drive. Now this one's a haul. You're, you're, you're not going for a couple of days. I think from Tallahassee, it's about 14 hours. Um, so whereas Kentucky, I think you could probably do two shorter trips, you know, 14 hour drive. You're probably going to want to hand, hand the, the driver's seat off to somebody at that point. At least I would hand it off to you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've made several drives that were in that 17 to 20 hour range, uh, yeah. to hunt. Um, out to Kansas, it was 17 hours. I've been out to Texas a couple of times. That was a 20 to 21 hour <laughs> drive uh, <laughs> to get out there. <laughs> so <laughs> that one was definitely the farthest I've gone. <laughs> yeah. And plan on to actually drive. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> to yeah. Get to. But and we always made it in one shot though. So yeah. It, oh yeah, 14 it, hours is if you've got. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could probably make a 14-hour drive by myself without really having to stop. I might get out and stretch. Well, I'd have to get out and get gas, so there's that. But, um, you know, two people, 14-hour drive, you can do that without your wife having to worry about you. Right, exactly. And with Indiana, kind of like Kansas, if if you're thinking about a place to stay, like, okay, where am I going to stay while I'm out there? Um, They have Airbnbs. In these states, you wouldn't think that like a state like Kansas would have Airbnb. I mean, some of these places are out in the middle of nowhere, but they still had Airbnb. And some of the places you could stay, it was like $25 to $50 a night, depending on what it was. So if you've got a couple of people going and it was big enough for several people, some of these places, uh, you're, you're looking at maybe you're spending $12.50 to $20 bucks a night to, to stay in a house. Um, for the week. So that's not bad. That's, that's really good. Right. So, yeah, that, no, I mean, that's, you had, you had some good success out of that little Airbnb too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we paid a little bit more for our Airbnb, our Airbnb right. because it had hunting land with it. Like you could actually hunt the property. Like it came with 80 to a hundred acres of hunting property. <laughs> so I was willing <laughs> to pay the additional, whatever it was, 20 or 30 bucks extra a night to be able to have access to hunt right out the back door <laughs> literally is what it was. I walked from the house to my hunting spots. <laughs> so right. that, uh, that definitely helped. But I think that's something to consider is when you're looking at some of these States is like, you could probably find an Airbnb and stay there for uh, significantly less than if you were going to get a hotel or a motel to stay in. And the places are nice. I mean, some of the, uh, places that we looked at, I mean, they were super nice, especially if it's maybe you and one other person going, um, super nice houses. And I'm talking whatever, 40, 50 bucks a night. So you're looking at 25 bucks a piece to stay there. Uh, and so maybe 125 bucks over the five or six days that you're going to be there. Um, that's, that's key to me if you're trying to keep it low budget, um, and still be able to go take a hot shower, uh, have a nice bed to sleep in. All those things you want to kind of consider on your first out-of-state hunt, which we've kind of mentioned before, is that you you don't want it to be like a horrible experience <laughs> on your first one. So even if the hunting's not that great, but you're staying in a place that's nice and you can go back and take a shower, eat a hot meal, all those things, all those things make the experience a little bit better, even if the hunting wasn't that great. But if right. you go to a place where the hunting's uh, so-so and then you're you're camping or you're, you're taking, you're not taking showers, but every two or three days, I mean, all that kind of adds up to the grind. You're like, man, I'm not going back there. It wasn't a fun experience. So I think (laughs) if 
if you've never traveled out of state, I think the first time you, you're going to go, you probably want to make it somewhat enjoyable. Um, so that way you'll want to do it again. Right. Yeah, I agree. So a little bit of a longer drive, uh, probably a, a very good option uh, for large Midwestern hunts. So if you're not interested in going to Kentucky, maybe you live in Kentucky and you're not interested in going there. Um, Indiana is definitely one of those options. I think that, uh, people should consider you, it just, just for a, you know, an alternative, if not your primary destination, frankly, I'll be honest with you, Chase, I kind of want to go hunt Indiana after we spoke to, um, was his name Ryan? Yep. Yeah. After we spoke with Ryan, I mean, he, I kind of felt like Indiana was one of those places that you and I, uh, are going to probably end up hitting up before too much longer. Yeah. And like we mentioned with Kentucky, Indiana has a gun season. Right. And it's pretty close to the rut. Like it's another yeah. one of those places that their kind of rut coincides with their gun season up there. Exactly. So it's just another place where it's not just a bow hunting destination if you're strictly wanting to, to hunt the rut out there, which right. is what I would suggest for most people if you're going on an out-of-state hunt for the first time <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, yeah. is try to find the rut. Um, unless you can figure out like a Kentucky where you can go and you're and they're still in velvet and you can get them on that early season pattern because mm-hmm. they're definitely a lot more patternable with the velvet on than they are with off. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. The testosterone's not as high and um, they're still bachelored up, uh, generally speaking, when they're when they're still in velvet. So I, I think that's what would make Kentucky uh, as appealing. Uh, as it is for an early season hunt. But most of these other states, I wouldn't necessarily consider going out there like the first week or two weeks of the season. Um, I'd probably plan more of a rut-centric hunt. For sure. I I think Indiana is a a fun, like, destination-type go and test your metal during the rut. I don't necessarily think it's going to be one of those, like you said, you're going to want to go early season, maybe late season. If you could find some public land that butts up to some kind of agriculture, that might be one of those destination food sources. Um, but if you're saying, Walt, let's go to Indiana, I'm thinking early November, let's get there before the weather gets brutally cold. Let's get there while, you know, the deer are willing to reveal themselves during daylight hours. Yeah. I mean, and we talked you know. to Ryan. Uh, he mentioned yep. that they had a late season muzzle loader hunt in yep. Indiana that probably uh we could find some success if we found the food out there and he said it but he also mentioned that it was cold <laughs> like yeah. it, if you're from the south yeah. that it was you'd be hunting in like 10 degrees <laughs> 10 degree weather sounds awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> for you maybe not for me <laughs> <laughs> everybody if you're uh new to the show chase is extremely cold natured whereas i'm the exact opposite i think 10 degrees and and it's a welcome break from the 90 degrees that we're going to be starting our season in uh meanwhile chase is like dude i'd go for a cool california 50 just give me 50 degrees right (laughs) yeah yeah give me yeah (laughs) anytime it starts cranking down there lower than that (laughs) yeah i've definitely got to have layers on (laughs) for sure Oh man. Okay, so we we've established what you, what your options are for like a a close by early season rut hut combo that's still going to produce quality deer, mind you. A mid season, you know, Midwest mid season quality rut hunt. The third one we're going to throw at you is an oddball. This one I think a lot of people probably don't think of, and when I think about the people who may not consider it, I think about um, 
maybe Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, you know, kind of away from this state. I don't think people consider it. However, you know, let's say uh, you're busy this fall. You can't get out there in the early season. You can't get out there during November. But late January, early February, you know what? Your wife is giving you carte blanche. Take yourself a week off and go hunting. What I, what we have come up with is an opportunity to extend the length of your season with a rut hunt in Alabama. Yeah. Yep. Uh, everybody has kind of been talking about Alabama a little bit uh, for the last couple of years, especially for that late season opportunity. So say – I know in some areas, a lot of people don't like to leave because their best hunting is the same time. Because like say the rut in the Midwest is all around that same two, three, maybe month window that you have throughout all those states um, to get in there. But if you're thinking that, hey, I'd like to go chase the rut in a different state, um, you can consider Alabama mainly... Uh, if you're thinking about going like in January, it'd be Southern Alabama. You'd have to look at for the most part. Um, cause I think, uh, South Alabama or LA lower Alabama is, uh, where, um, a lot of their rut is during that late December, January. And then I think some of it even trickles into February, um, yep. rut, rut action. Yep. Yep. And I think that's, I think, you know, people, you know, that's an option. It's a creative option, right? You might be able to go to Indiana in November, but you're bored. I mean, maybe you don't turkey hunt. Maybe you do turkey hunt and you're trying to kill the time, dude. If Late January, early February, I don't know of anybody who I've ever spoken to who's been like, oh yeah, we're slammed. I mean, it's after Christmas. It's after New Year's. It's kind of a dull period for everything anyways. Um I think picking up a $300 Alabama tag and going down there and, and, and testing your metal uh, in, in, in the South is, is a good option. Um, honestly, I drove through Al- South Alabama. Actually, I drove all the way to dang near like North central Alabama for the Birmingham deer expo. Um, last July, was it? And I was losing my mind at the amount of deer in the fields. Like it, it blew my mind. You know, Parker's always poor mouth in the state of Alabama and you know how difficult it is to hunt deer there. Dude, there is an abundance of deer in South Alabama. I mean, bucks and does. I was seeing them in the field in mid daylight, you know, broad daylight rather, just out there in those fields eating. So you've got a relatively affordable license at three hundred bucks. You got a late. Well, rut that's hunt. that's well, the key with that three hundred is if you buy the whole season. In Alabama, it has you have the opportunity, I believe, to buy a, a three day hunt or a ten day hunt as well, which drops the cost right. of that. Um, I think I remember when I went, I think I got a, maybe a 10 day and it was around 180 bucks or something. So you can drop the price down considerably if you know, you're only going to be there for less than 10 days and you're not planning on going back to Turkey hunt or do anything like that in Alabama, which that's another thing to consider is if you buy that, your $300 license or whatever it is in Alabama, you can go back and Turkey hunt, which the Turkey hunting is phenomenal in Alabama. They give you like five gobbler tags in the state of alabama or something (laughs) and a bag of corn insane yeah (laughs) so you it can be cheaper it is it may not be 300 you may decide you only want to get a three-day or a 10-day tag um and you get i believe you get three bucks in the state of alabama so you there's more you, you can take more if you have the opportunity you can take more than one buck whereas in kentucky and indiana you get one buck 
that that's your you're paying for one buck there granted they're probably a little bit bigger but um you definitely could do more with the alabama um tag and i believe i believe much like uh um Kentucky's rut hunt. I believe it's a gun hunt again in Alabama during the rut. If I'm not mistaken, that late oh, yeah. season I think is gun, isn't it? Uh, it? Depending on what management areas you go to, if you're talking about public there, because I've heard uh, some are bow only, um, and then some have gun. So depending on what your flavor is, you would just have to research, do do a little bit of research, find out which public areas you could take a gun, or if you just want to bow hunt, then you can probably hunt all of them <laughs> yeah yeah for sure well and i know that i don't know what their branch is called i'm gonna call it dnr because i can't recall but i know that when i reached out to the alabama dnr before and talked about some of the wmas they were insanely helpful they provided me with um uh, planting schedules and what they were going to plant and when they planted it you know for the food plots they have these huge big fields of ag and some of these wmas and so, you know, there's an abundance of resources there for the out-of-state hunter. I think uh, the other component to this is, let's say you live up in Tennessee or Kentucky, and it's brutally cold. I mean, Kentucky gets cold, cold. And, uh, you know, if you want a break from cold weather, you can drive to South Alabama, which is going to be very, very mild weather, comparatively speaking, and extend your hunting season. You know, you're not going to be freezing your butt off. And I mean, I've, we've all watched those those videos, man, where, you know, basically it's Chase up there and he's in one of those plastic, those plastic uh, blinds and he's got four heaters going and they're still shaking, the, you know, <laughs> shaking so hard their teeth are rattling, you know, it's like, you know, you can get away from that and come down to the south. So, right. And, um, and like I said, Alabama does have a ton of deer. I mean, I yeah. was looking up from last year, their estimated deer population was 1.6 million deer yeah. in the state. So that's really good. <laughs> oh shoot, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you ever hear Parker McDonald of Southern Ground ever pour mouth that state, you just ignore him and go on right down to his state and hunt it because it's he's lying to you so that he he can have him to himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean we all know Parker uses a kayak. I mean, yeah. everywhere he hunts for the most part has water access. So if you're into the water access game you could probably find a lot of areas in alabama to use the kayak as well right yeah absolutely that's that's a great point the water access is a huge thing you can get away from people i I always like that whenever it comes to a public land hunt if you're doing your first thing i think fighting the orange army is going to be something you're not going to necessarily want to do um so I, i think that's a big one now chase i wanted to keep this to three uh states and you you had a hard time accepting that and you wanted to mention a couple sleeper states so this segment is going to be our sleeper segment and this is this is for you buddy uh you you had a couple really good picks that maybe just didn't quite make the cut but they're they're pretty impressive so why don't you take the take the first one yeah i figured i was like well three states three states is good but there are other states out there that offer kind of the same opportunities as some of the states uh, that we mentioned so mm-hmm. I figured that uh, we might as well at least mention them. It's not like we have to go sure. into great detail about them. But one of the first states that uh, I was doing some research and uh, hasn't has gotten a little bit more attention as of late than it used to is the state of Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma has about 3 million acres or a little bit more of public land. 
there. Um, I believe the tag is still is somewhere around that $300 range uh, to hunt Oklahoma for an out-of-state resident. And you get six deer tags. So two of those can be bucks. Unreal. Um, yeah. And I guess you would have four doe tags. So you that's a lot of tags um, for mm-hmm. the price. Um, and it's not as centrally located as some of the other ones. Sure. So it just depends on where you're at. Um, where you live listening to this podcast. I mean, we've got a lot of Southern listeners, but we also have quite a few that are out in the Midwest um, as well. So Oklahoma would probably be um, one of those states that uh, I would consider their rut is kind of around, I believe, around the same time as a lot of the Midwest. Um, so I think it was just should just be a – and they've killed – and they kill a bunch of – and they've been killing a bunch of big deer over the last – whatever, five, five, ten years here, they've been getting a lot more attention. Um, and I think we, there was some guy that we mentioned that last year that killed like, what was it, like a giant, typical eight by eight, 16 point buck in the state of Oklahoma or something like that, that scored in the one nineties or something crazy. So, uh, they've got some big bucks in Oklahoma and I, you don't hear it mentioned a lot of people, uh, traveling out there. Um, I've got some, buddies from work i know they used to they they knew someone that lived out in oklahoma so they would go hunt it um and they, they said there was plenty of the your 125 to 130 inch bucks uh running around out there dang i'm right mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I believe they have gun season as well gun seasons as well uh in, in oklahoma i'm not exactly yeah. clear on when they coincide with the right and they have some public that you can gun hunt and some that you can't some that are strictly bow and uh, like some of these other states that we mentioned. So you'd have to just kind of find those areas. Some are quota and some aren't some are, you can just walk on. Um, So you're going to have to do a little bit of research to figure that out. But I think it would be just a good state to mention to maybe get people thinking about like when, when they're looking and you don't, I don't know. You never really hear about a lot of people saying that they're going to Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Right. Like we hear a lot of the Kentucky, maybe some of the Indiana. Um, Alabama's been getting a little bit of attention here just because, like you said, you can come hunt it late season and get some rut action. Um, but you don't really hear a lot about Oklahoma. But no, should be now should be on your radar. Yeah, and I think this next one is the one that if, if, I, if I had to pick one to have like a meteoric rise to the top of conversation, I think this next one is going to be one that really is going to be an impressive state in the next couple of years. I really can see, well, you know what? I'm going to let you go ahead with this one because otherwise I'm going to ruin it, but this is, I'm excited about this one. I'm, this one might actually see me in the next couple of years. <laughs> oh, why don't you want to mention it? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. Um, the, the, the next one's Arkansas and uh, Arkansas is interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, Chase, you mentioned that there's like three and five day hunting licenses for Arkansas, which in a lot of these, you don't have those options. In fact, Florida used to have a really like cheap day to day one until recently, uh, I believe. And uh, dude, there are some absolute slobs being shot in Arkansas. The Southern Outdoorsmen and Southern Ground have had some guys that have come on that have just absolutely made a name for themselves in a state that no one knows about on public land killing big deer. Abundant public land, cheap cheap tickets. Again, I think it's a little out of the way, and 
maybe, you know, out of the direction of other big buck steaks. And as a result, it kind of doesn't get the attention it should. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never, it never really occurred to me either about hunting a state like Arkansas. Um, I didn't really hear it a lot, but like you said here lately, (laughs) from listening to other podcasts and things, uh, like that, I've, Arkansas keeps kind of coming up and uh, like I said, they, they kill some real quality deer. Uh, they have a gun season in Arkansas as well. And I think that they're in certain parts of the state, their ruts like in December. So right. it's just another one of those states where, okay, you, you might've done your rut hunt in your state, but now you could go rut hunt another state as well, like in Arkansas or in Alabama. So I think some of these states kind of should get some attention just because you don't have to be there during your prime time, like your November time time frame. You can go in a December or January right. and get the rut action um, that a lot of people like to uh, see when they go on these out-of-state hunts. That's it. Now, when Chase and I were talking about this episode, one of the things we said was, you know, Chase and I haven't done a whole lot of these states, so maybe we're off base. Maybe there's another option out there that for someone who travels out of state, maybe they just have a different perspective. So what we've done is we've got a surprise guest to finish this out. Now, if you know me, I'm a huge Georgia Bulldog fan. I'm a huge college football fan. And basically, I'm recreating college game day since as it stands right now, it looks like we may not have college game day this fall. I'm going to live vicariously through this podcast. We're going to call a celebrity guest picker who doesn't know any of the states that we've mentioned, and we're going to ask him what state he recommends for somebody to go out of state at a whim, and let's see if it matches up with what we've got. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Uh, Get somebody on who's maybe been to some of these states and uh, pick their brain and be like, hey, you've, you've done this. You've made these plans before. So tell us maybe why you pick these areas and have you had success in these areas? That's it. That's it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get them on the line. Hello. Hey. Good to hear your voice again, Walt. <laughs> that is the smooth and sultry tones of Parker McDonald. I re- affectionately refer to him as 3M Moneymaker Mac. The dude travels all over the country for deer, for turkey, um, for, for, for good hunting gear deals. I mean, the dude just, he, he does it all, ladies and gentlemen. And when we were planning this episode, we couldn't think of somebody who would make a better guest picker than the than a friend, patron of the show. So, uh, Parker, just for clarification, you don't know what states we've mentioned up until now. No idea. No idea. You know so, what? so he's going to tell us what he what he thinks is his favorite for anybody to just drop what they're doing and go hunting. Let's see if it lands with any anything that that we've said to date. Okay, we're talking for deer. Yep. Yep. For deer only. If a guy has one week to hunt, and all they have is that one week to hunt, I'm going to say a state like Kentucky is going to be your best bet. <laughs> and and here's why. Um, it's, for me, it would be between Tennessee and Kentucky. That, and, and they both have different scenarios, right? So um, for me, I live in North Alabama. Tennessee is just a 
hour drive for me to get across the state line and have the opportunity to hunt a state that is very much like superior to most of the states in the south for both deer and turkeys um when i scout places in tennessee i feel like i'm in kentucky like i feel like i'm in a different a completely different region uh just because of the sheer amount of deer sign and opportunity that's there um but if you've only got a week the other thing about it is is you get two buck tags in tennessee whereas in kentucky you only get one but if you've got a week to make something happen and that's it um, I think Kentucky is your best bet to go and fill that one buck tag. Um, no matter what part of the season you're there at, honestly, there's so much public land, uh, opportunity there. And, um, and there's a lot of deer and there's a lot of quality deer too. So, uh, I, I have limited experience there. I've killed one small buck in Kentucky, but I have seen more mature bucks in Kentucky than, um, in the, I guess altogether, probably let's say, let's say I've been there for 20 days in my life. I've hunted Kentucky. Most of those were early season days and I've seen more mature bucks in that 20 days than I'll see in five years, probably in Alabama. Um, I mean, there's just, there's just really good deer in Kentucky. And I think the one buck tag, the one, the one buck bag limit is, uh, huge when it comes to that you know um people kill their buck and they're done they're done hunting in that state unless they get a bonus bonus but some of the some of the bases there that you can you can get a bonus buck tag Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but um yeah that that would be my answer a close second would be tennessee and then probably georgia after that um i've hunted all three of those states and as far as a guy going in with no maybe no experience other than you know scouting on onyx or google earth or whatever um those three states are all pretty solid options i don't think somebody would be disappointed by going to any of those three right on man that's funny so kentucky was the first one we talked about today and we hit it for two reasons one that early season velvet hunt so if you're trying to plan an out-of-state hunt you're probably trying to add something to your season And since it's relatively centrally located, we made the case that you might be able to make two trips like you do every year. Well, we'll be doing this year, and they're number three in the country right now for total Boone and Crockett bucks submitted. So, I mean, there's no shortage of deer in Kentucky. And the the other thing, so the other thing that makes that decision really hard for me is the price point of the tag. So, um, if you get a Tennessee tag, you're looking at about like almost $300 exactly. And that gets you, if you buy it like right before turkey season, your tag will go from February to February. So your license, I mean, and and you can hunt deer and turkey for that price. In Kentucky, um, you you don't get that. I think you, you have to buy your big game license and you buy your deer tag. And if you want to turkey hunt it, you have to buy your turkey tag. And it's uh, well over $300. I think it's, I think it's, I want to say last year I paid $360 for it. So your price point is a little more expensive. You get a better quality deer, but you also get less deer. Um, so that, you know, that's something to think about. A lot of guys, I think somebody from the deep south would go into a state like Tennessee or Kentucky and be blown away at the amount of wildlife that they're going to find there for sure. So if, if Chase and I are sitting here thinking, okay, we need to make a bunch of content, we want to do a hunt together, we're thinking 
turkey deer combo would it would it shift confidently to uh to for, to tennessee at that point blue collar working man budget yes absolutely it would shift to tennessee awesome man chase what you think buddy yeah i figured that he would throw out kentucky uh as pretty much the number one but i didn't necessarily think about tennessee as being a state um to travel to from florida or the south but so why why tennessee parker is it just that there is i know they have an abundance of turkeys i've driven through tennessee a bunch of times and every field had a turkey in it but what why deer i mean what what type of quality deer would somebody from say a florida um be looking at if they went to tennessee what you're gonna find in tennessee um i admittedly i haven't hunted i haven't deer hunted tennessee just an absolute ton last year was my first year doing it and um i want to say was it last year yeah last year i did several trips uh i had several shot opportunities on deer um nothing really big but i did see good sized deer in tennessee in the limited amount of time that i spent there so and none of them were like week-long trips i think the longest trip that i took was like uh two and a half days and that trip was it was uh I was doing a deer camp trip with Catman and Adrian and Clayton and Scott. Um, I think you had Clayton on pretty recently. Um, mm-hmm. We were doing a trip there and it rained pretty much that whole time. And, uh, and so, you know, opportunity, like hard, steady rain pretty much the whole trip. So opportunities were pretty low on that one. But ev- my first hunt in Tennessee, my first ever hunt early season, I was, uh, I went in blind to an area and ended up seeing a pretty decent buck. You know, he's like a, he didn't meet the uh, antler restrictions there. Uh, Cause they had to be four points or better, but he was basically just like a big six point and it needed to be four on one side or more. And so I couldn't shoot him. But I mean, for my first sit to go out there and see a, a buck like that, it, it's got to tell you something. Now, you know, I, I do a, a pretty good job of cyber scouting and I know what I'm looking for and things like that. And so, you know, I, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but a guy like a guy, guys like you who live in Florida, you're immersed in the hunting culture. You have to know a decent bit about what you're doing to be able to even see deer in Florida. You go to these States like this that actually have deer in places where they're supposed to be at. <laughs> Um, and it, it, it'll change the game for you. Like you, you just, you don't realize how much you actually know about deer hunting until you go to a state that has a decent deer population. You're like, all of a sudden like, Oh, that's what they mean when they talk about funnels or that's what they mean when they talk about, um, finding a a buck bed or, you know, hunting a transition line. You know, I've hunted Florida, I've hunted parts of Alabama where the deer population just wasn't good. Um, but you apply those same tactics in places like Tennessee or Kentucky, and all of a sudden, you start to understand that you're not hunting wrong. You're just hunting places with low deer numbers. And so uh, you go to either one of these states, man, and I think you would be very pleasantly surprised to uh, to find that there there's good deer in both of them. Right. Is there a good amount of public land in Tennessee? There is. I was actually having this conversation today, uh, which Adam Cruz, who's who's our buddy, he's he's he hates that that I, he he. I told him that y'all were going to call me and uh, <laughs> and ask me about 
what state and he was like don't you freaking say tennessee man <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i was like man i gotta mention tennessee though um but he's like man i just don't i don't know i don't know about the opportunities i was like man i mean you could literally be at almost any place in tennessee and you're within you know a less than an hour's drive of public lands and the cool thing about a lot of the state a lot of the public pieces there in tennessee is that it follows the statewide seasons so um just for an example in alabama here in alabama our most of our wmas if you want to hunt with a rifle you have to hunt certain weekends uh there'll be like they'll have like three or four different weekends out of the season maybe less than that that you can actually come in and hunt with a rifle. You can hunt the bow seat. You can hunt with a bow season long, but with a rifle, you have to hunt those gun hunt weekends and they just get pounded during that time. In Tennessee, a lot of the, a lot of the land, you can watch, uh, watch Catman, yep. any of his videos during rifle season, he's hunting public land the majority of the time. And he's using a rifle because you're allowed to, um, on a lot of their places. Now, Kentucky is going to be a little bit different. Um, they have, a, Quite a few of the WMAs are on draw hunts, and uh, you can hunt them up until, I want to say, like October, like mid-October maybe, and with a bow, and then they close off for their quota quota hunts, and they open back up in December. So, you know, really look at that. Most people, if they're planning an out-of-state hunt, they're either going to want to do a velvet hunt or a rut hunt, and, uh, you know, Kentucky, you got to be a little more picky about where you want to go um, if you want to try to hunt the rut. Uh, and I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, this is going to be my first year to hunt the rut in Kentucky, and I'm doing it with a bow. So, um, you know, as far as a guy wanting to go and rifle hunt in Kentucky for the rut, I really don't know where they could go. I don't, I, I haven't really looked into that nearly as much. But Tennessee, you can hunt the rut with a rifle a lot of the season. So Boy, I'm looking much. at I'm looking at it on Onyx right now. There's a bunch of friggin' daggum public land in Tennessee. There really is, man. Yeah. And like you'll find, I hunted. Uh, I did like a nine day trip, a nine day turkey trip in Tennessee this past spring, at the very end of the season. So I mean, it was the last week of the season. Our season was over here in Alabama, and I met up with uh, Adam, and we hunted a piece of public land thinking, you know, it's going to be covered up in people. It wasn't a real big WMA. So we were like, Oh, there's going to be a lot of people, man. We didn't see a soul there. We didn't see not one, not one person anywhere we went. And we pretty much had this whole, I mean, we weren't, you know, I kayak accessed a couple places just because it was a little bit easier to get to where I knew the birds were roosting at without busting them. But, I mean, it's not, it wasn't a long walk to get back there to where they were at. I just knew I would bust them. So, um, yeah, we, we never, we never had any issue running into people. Um, and I'm trying to think, I don't think I saw a single person out there. We saw some, we saw a truck, uh, like on a little bitty tiny piece way far away from where we were at. Um, while we were driving, while we were driving around, just looking at the rest of the place, we saw one truck parked and that was it. Wow. We didn't see other people. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. And that was during, uh, the COVID thing where nobody was at work. So that's even more crazy. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, and mm. and everybody says, you know, look at the places that are anywhere you go, any state you decide to go, find the big, high-populated areas. You know, so like if you're in Kentucky, look at Louisville, and basically just mark anything within driving distance of Louisville out because those are the places. <laughs> so if you're in Tennessee, you've got Memphis, you've got Nashville, you've got uh, what some other big areas? Knoxville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, yeah. Knoxville. Take those highly populated areas out, and then kind of go in those places. And that's what we did with the with the turkey trip in Tennessee, and it was. It was beneficial, man. Like it was a. I, I ended up killing two birds. Adam got a shot off on one, but every single day, we we, I mean, we saw and heard birds. But moving back to deer, I mean, there's so many places there in Tennessee that you can hunt, man. Like, I know once once rifle season kicks in, it can get a little bit. It can get get a little bit crazier, but I mean. With a bow, I, I've just found that if you're hunting, if you're hunting with a bow during a bow only hunt or a bow only WMA, there's just significantly less people in the South that hunt or that want to hunt with a bow. Most of them would choose a rifle every single time, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, a lot of these states, a lot of these Southern states. I was talking to Zach Farrenball from the Hunting Public, and he was very surprised. When they came to Alabama, they hunted a WMA, and he was like, "Everybody told us the pressure was crazy. We didn't see, we didn't see hardly anybody here." Well, they were hunting it with a bow on one of the weekends where there was not, or on one of the weeks where there wasn't a uh, a gun hunt on that specific WMA. Oh. And he was like, "We didn't see anybody here the whole time. Like, very few people were were around." Um, and that just tells you, like, the culture of the South is gun hunting. Like mm-hmm. that is. That's and then you've got your diehards that a lot of those guys are bow hunters, but um, you just see less people, you know, on any of these places. I've now when they started opening up more states to be able to hunt with a crossbow, you see a little more influx of people doing that, which I'm I'm cool with, you know, people getting out and enjoying it. But it's uh, it's definitely um, something to think about for guys, you know, go in look at the regulations look at what you can use and you know if it's if it's a bow only place it may up your opportunity significantly sure well i appreciate you uh hopping on here and uh picking i really when you when when i told you to come on i really thought you were just gonna swing with with tennessee but it sounds like uh, Kentucky gets the nod, but uh, in fall and spring of 2021, we're going to have to put t- Tennessee on the map and give Adam some more hunting pressure. I mean, if nothing else, we can at least piss Adam off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Parker, Parker, didn't you shoot like a Boone and Crockett tree while you were in Tennessee last year? Oh, you're going to do him like that, huh? <laughs> he just posted the video again. <laughs> he did. Yeah, I just uh, I just posted that one on YouTube. Um Still to this day, I cannot figure out how that happened. I did not hit a branch. <laughs> it just that it just flew wonky. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but it. Uh, I definitely. It wasn't even close, man. Like it wasn't even close to that. <laughs> I just had to laugh about it because it was like I don't know what just happened, but that deer's gonna live. <laughs> tree did, tree never lived to see the next day, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm interested to go back. Because that thing penetrated hard, like it. 
it's the center punch that tree. <laughs> oh man, that was good. Way to go, Chase. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee really. Tennessee does a good job managing their uh, their white oaks, and there's a really there's like a really good opportunity. Um, their bag limit is 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 pretty you know pretty liberal. So if nothing else, a guy can go and get a get a good hard mask. All right, before this gets out of hand, guys, (laughs) we appreciate you tuning in. I hope this is, you know, energized you to go out there and uh, chase, chase some, oh God, that that last comment got me, Parker. Uh, (laughs) Before this gets out of hand, guys, you get outside, enjoy the great outdoors, think about where you're going to go this year, and uh, more importantly, no matter what you do, get outside this weekend and have fun.